0: Thank you so much for returning to this month's podcast. It is National Walking Month and it is absolutely vital and relevant to every single one of us. Our nation is much more sedentary now, I'm sure that you've all noticed it, not just the lockdown pounds but the lockdown inactivity. Um, we sit generally for over seven hours a day, I mean let's be realistic, most of us sit down for a lot longer than that. We sit down during the day. Then we sit down and watch probably telly in the night. We'll just generally have more inactive lifestyles. And that sitting is not only bad for musculoskeletal health, but our mental health and our physical health. So I wanted to get the experts in. I, I'm, you know, this is a big passion project of mine. In actual fact, I've just come off of a a webinar that did all um, from the same company that um, Natasha and my guests are from. I just got off a webinar where we were doing desk yoga and you know what I, I thought I stretched a fair bit at my desk already, but this was next level of movement. And it just so many people of the session said it really boosted them. So it's always important to reach out to the experts. So I'm really grateful to be joined today by two qualified fitness instructors, not just one, but two uh, from Get Me Fit, who we've been partnering with uh, on a few different sessions um, over the first half of this year. So we've got Kat Benja or is it Benga, Kat? Correct. Benja. Benja, fantastic. So, Kat Benja, a personal trainer and qualified Pilates instructor. And we also have personal trainer and podcast host Natasha Evans. So, welcome, ladies. And I've said both of your names correct. If I got Evans wrong,
1: that'd be terrible. <laughs> no, that one's easy. <laughs>
0: um, so, we are going today in this session, we're going to look at, I want to call it the literal facts. You know, we are moving less, and this can potentially be life-threatening. I mean, that sounds very dramatic and these guys will talk me down off of the ledge during the session, I'm sure. Um, But we're basically going to look at the, the small things we can do and the way we can actually get ourselves active every day. I'm really looking forward to it. One, because we've actually recorded this session before and I didn't have a great outcome with the recording, so we're having to do it again. But the stuff I took away from what these guys said in the first podcast I've already been doing which will probably make you giggle because you mentioned about doing the squatting when you were having a cup of tea I've been doing that and I've been walking around my kitchen island like doing the crazy leg walks and stuff like that so I've already started integrate what you've been saying and what you've done so it'd be great if you can introduce yourself guys we'll go with you first Kat because I um, got your name I wanted to check your name so to be kind (laughs) we'll go with you first
2: Yeah, absolutely. No problems. Um, So my name's Kat. Um, I'm a triathlon coach, um, personal uh, trainer and a Pilates instructor. Um, I run ABC Pure, uh, a triathlon coaching business with my partner, Ben. I've been in the industry for all oh, probably sort of 20 plus years now, sort of personally um, and professionally. And as you mentioned, I teach on the Get Me Fit uh, platform. I teach uh, Pilates and I teach um, a session called Descalates, which sort of, as its name suggests, is all about um, doing some uh, Pilates um, at your desk. So all about uh, correcting posture, mobilising the spine, improving sort of flexibility, coordination, and also good to calm the mind during the day.
0: Oh, well, we could have had you in as well. We could have had a multi-two. That's great. Thank you, Kat. And yourself, Natasha?
1: hi thank you for having me back on again um yeah <laughs> obviously um i am with get me fit as well my name is natasha evans i'm a qualified personal trainer and soon to be nutrition coach and also a fellow podcaster of plant-based fm so i am really passionate about not just the physical aspects but also the mindset and being able to move more is really important for body and mind and i like to vary uh, my exercise up into different variables of weights i've done running um, and i also on the platform do what's called dumbbell divas so it's a nice little hit workout that gets you sweating moving weights which is really good for us and it gets it done in 30 minutes
0: it, uh, now I feel so inactive when I speak to you guys and hear about all the things you do and I'm like oh I squatted while I made a cup of coffee to go back to my desk <laughs> so I am um, thank you for that intro um, and and what i you know I mentioned it isn't a flippant comment when I said about the fact that the, the lack of movement it can really impact our health there is an element of you know the risk of it being kind of life-threatening and you don't probably think about your chair at work as this large menace but according to quite a lot of researchers out there it's one of those it's quite a big threat to our health now you know that sedentary lifestyle and it's not necessarily the chair but it's the what the chair represents you're sitting down all day and probably when you don't necessarily need to be I should be standing right now but I haven't got my sit to stand desk yet but that's next on my list of things to do um but yeah basically what what would you say or how can, can you share what the health risks associated with this more sedentary lifestyle is? You know, what does a sedentary lifestyle even mean and what are the health risks associated with? And and Natasha, would you like to to share first?
1: I'm the same with you that I'm, I want to be investing on a sit stand desk. That's the next one on my list. One that's um, automatic as well. A little button. Um, I think it's really important because so I am be sitting too... <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose you could burn calories there as well, but um, I think I'll go with the button. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, it is really um, important um, for us to be moving more, basically. We're we're not designed to be in this seated position all the time. Um, I was always told by one of my uh, physios that you're either supposed to be uh, running away from something that's supposedly going to um, eat you, or you're doing the same and that we should be moving um, around. And often what we do is we sit for long periods of time. And when we do that, the we have the health risks that increase. Obviously, um, unfortunately, cancer, uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, um, and the biggest one, obviously, back pain when we're sitting for extended periods of time, our glutes become uh, lazy, uh, underactive glutes, and they don't fire properly. And what happens is that we tend to then bring um, the other muscles, our lower back into play. It's also down to the core as well. So it's really important um, why we do those exercises um, strength-based is to get those glutes firing. But a lot of people, when they think about their backache, don't realise it's because they have underactive glutes. So it really is uh, bad for us in every way to be sitting for long periods of time. Um, And that's why I think some of the uh, trackers or the watches that we use, like I've got an Apple watch, that reminds you to get up and move around seemed gimmicky at the start, but actually it's really important and and really quite uh, a powerful reminder to, to not be sitting for X amount of hours nonstop
2: and then just to follow on from um, from what Natasha said um I echo everything she says i think you know a sedentary for to me means uh, sort of inactive or too much time seated or laying down. Um, and with that becomes a, a low energy um, expenditure, which obviously can then um, lead to the health risks of you know, maybe some um, overweight uh, concerns. And as Natasha said, we aren't designed uh, for sitting down. Our systems work much better when we're standing up. For example, our cardiovascular system, which is our heart and lung, our digestive system works better, uh, our bowel movements, um, are enhanced and improved when we're standing and just to reiterate I suppose and uh, what Natasha said um, it is things like kind of I think poor posture um, neck shoulder niggles that we can all relate to I think some of the other health risks um, hopefully we can't all relate to them so easily Um, but quite often when we're sat down where our shoulders are rolling forward our um, Our neck is uh, poking forward. We're all suddenly sitting up nice and tall now as we're speaking about this. And, and, you know, I suppose uh, um,
0: I just can't do this podcast down there. I just feel so such a fraud otherwise. Oh, Natasha's up as well.
2: (laughs) She's using her glute muscles. And just for those that maybe might not know, uh, they are your butt muscles. They're those big big muscles um, in your bottom. They're very important um, to us uh, and a big powerhouse in, in everything uh, we do. And um, girls, not to gloat, but I am—I am one up. I have actually transferred to the uh, standing desk, and I did that um, quite a number of months ago, or last year. Um, and just—I suppose—a mention on that is it's important to, um, I suppose, transfer and transition little and often. So don't go from one movement, i.e. sitting all day to another movement of trying to stand all day. You'll wonder why your calves are sore, your feet are aching. So definitely take a a baby steps approach Um, and actually we shouldn't be in one position for too long, whether it's sitting or standing.
0: I think that's, that's, yeah. We know what a sedentary lifestyle is now. It's basically what most of us are doing all day, every day. And we need to get wicked. I can't. I just love the fact that you have to run what you're running away from. Natasha over there is just no one's chasing me for that. (laughs) The danger piece. Yeah, definitely having a little jog away, maybe from some danger, but no one's trying to chase me for the other thing. uh, yeah, and, and I have. I have actually started standing. In actual fact, I joined a call yesterday and they went, oh, Beth, are you, are you having a little dance? I was like, no, I'm trying to stand more in meetings if I'm not writing down because it's it's much better for you. But I can't do it for very long because your body's just not ready for it, is it? Um, and I mean, so that's that's what I've taken away from when we did the first podcast was very much what you just mentioned, Kat, about the little and often piece and going. I, I can't go and stand for the whole day and I can't um, sit for the whole day. I need to do a little bit of everything, which I kind of then extends into what I'd imagine the idea of exercise as well. Because we generally tend to do exercise in one big block, don't we? You might, you know, people just go to the gym three times a week, one hour three times a week. And and does that you know and then when we were in lockdown, we did our Joe Wix's in the morning for 20 minutes. I mean, from what you're saying, and I know what you're going to say, because we've talked about it before, but the idea of, you know, does that exercise negate the impact of extended periods of sitting? You know, oh, I work out a few times a week, so, you know, exercise is good for you. But does it actually negate all of the damage done by that extended periods of sitting? Can you explain maybe in more detail what we should be doing every day? Because, I, I mean, it is every day, little things rather than just sort of big chunks. I think that would be really useful. And we'll start with you, Kat, for that one.
2: I think it's about um, building good habit and, and routine. And everyone's sort of start point is is going to be very very different. Um, and you know, most people are working, um, and it's it's thinking about what, what what we can do that that fits in. So if we take you know people that are working, there are going to be things exactly like you're doing now, um, Beth. You're um, you're standing up. So are there periods throughout the day where you can stand? So can you take calls uh, walking around? Um, Can you, instead of sending an email, um, walk over to somebody? Um, Is it about being more um, disciplined and taking a lunch break and moving away from the desk, getting outside and or walking around? Um, Is it about looking at your transport to work? Can you add some more walking in? Can you take a bike? Um, That sort of thing. Um, So there's lots of, um, I think, nice small ideas that you can sort of integrate into your um, daily life. Of course, doing anything is always going to help. There's no magic wand. uh, There's no magic formula. Otherwise, I think we we would all be doing that. Um, But the key thing for me is, Think about what you're doing now and then think about the small things that you can build into your lifestyle that are sustainable and realistic.
0: I like that idea. I can. But, but it is, you know, the exercise is a good thing. It's not like we're saying to anyone, you know, give up. I suppose, Natasha, that would be what you can what you can experiment. I'm not saying give up the exercise because that's really good and important for everybody. But it's not going to completely counter seven, eight hours sitting at a desk, is it?
1: Yeah. So what happens is, as you mentioned there, you feel like you've ticked the box and the job's done. But in actual fact, what can happen when people do exercise or or say they do a workout in the gym is that they've ticked that box and not be aware that their body's actually more tired. And if it is more tired because they have worked out, they will unconsciously be sitting more you know, they're not aware that they're actually finding there because the body wants to find homeostasis. And it's sometimes that you've got to balance that. It, as Kat said, anything is better than nothing. But but not, I think what you can tend to see is that people think, well, I've ticked the workout box, that's it, job done. And it really isn't like that. Um, it's not as easy because obviously by the nature of our work, we do have to spend long periods of time. I think in some ways COVID has benefited us, um, obviously not in the ill health aspect, but in the way that we can work and the way employers will support us to work, they have understood that there is a different way um, and that people don't have to be uh, tied to the office or the desk um, and to have that flexibility and i think companies are evolving to understand about having walk-in meetings and being more open to those changes rather than how they used to be i mean i used to work in investment banking and and all of this would have been pie in the sky i i literally got to my desk at you know just before eight o'clock half seven or something and i wouldn't move from my desk other than to go to the loo to go to the water to the photocopier and to go and get my lunch. And then the rest of the time would be seated. And sometimes I wouldn't even take a lunch break if it was that busy. So we 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 are changing and we are evolving for the better. So it is those small incremental changes that we can make on a daily basis. Just like you were saying off air about, say you go into the water cooler. I mean, obviously people around people might think you're a bit weird, but uh, you could still be squatting there. Or if you feel a bit embarrassed when you go <laughs> to the loo, you could in the, in the cubicle, you know, do 10 squats or something. Just try not to make loads of noises or something (laughs) really weird is up. Um, But, you know, obviously get into the water cooler. It's about movement. And what we do is that we move habitually. So we will use the same muscle groups. The brain uses less neural connections to do stuff. So once we've learnt habits, they become, you know, automated, mm-hmm. and what you want to be trying to do is is challenge that. So challenge that that you could be walking. Say you're working from home, and you walk through one of your door frames, touch the door frame with one hand. When you go the other way, touch with the other hand, and but not all, always the same ways so that you don't obviously build those habits you want it to be fresh and different and and keep the body moving Um, and if you can do that incrementally throughout the day you'll absolutely get more steps but it's just being mindful as well and that awareness that we can bring to that sedentary behavior and and just checking in because we're all critical of it including myself of sitting down and slumping and then when you remember Mm. shoulders back posture It's going to happen. But when you remember, correct it. And I think that's the best way forward and and increasing those little bits of exercise and not have that all or nothing mentality. Something is always better than nothing.
0: I've actually as well. This all come from you guys. When we did the first podcast as well. I had, had got COVID. It really knocked me for six. And normally I was really busy and hectic. And, you know, it's really taken a side swipe. So I haven't been going to the gym as much as I was. I was very much, you know, work personal trainer Monday and walk an hour. Tuesday would be circuits and Wednesday would be, the, you know, like there was something every day of the week, walking exercise. And I have not been able to get back to it. But do you know what? My steps are bigger now. when I was working out every day and going for a walk at lunchtime and probably crying Natasha right back to what you were saying is that you do the exercise and the walk and you haven't got the energy for anything else whereas actually I'm really conscious that I can't do those big you know big amounts of things so I really force myself you know I do the school one in the morning which is um, kind of just a little 10 minute walk and then I'm trying to make sure either before I start uh, or maybe mid-morning or something I know that there's like it's a third of a mile around the block of where I live it's it's literally 10 minutes 15 if you take the dogs but like 10 minutes to just do a quick walk well what's 10 minutes in your working day like it's not a lot but you think you can't have have the ability to do it so I try and do that 10 minutes then I do a lunch a walk lun- at lunch then I make sure obviously potentially do the school one and if I don't I go for another evening walk and what's another half an hour in the evening? Because you think oh, you could watch a TV show. You're not doing anything in that time generally. And you know what? I've been getting 10,000 steps every day now, as opposed to before doing exercise and just a dog walk. I was only ever getting six or seven thousand. So it is it is just tiny little things that I've been able to do. And, and it is all from what we were talking about, just sort of taking that think about what what is it I'm trying to achieve and I'm actually trying to achieve more movement and 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 Natasha when we met last time you actually said something about what about your goal what are you trying to achieve what's your exercise goal or something do you remember and, and I just thought that was really significant
1: uh, a long-term goal was it a it was
0: long-term. just when you're setting out to do exercise you have to be thinking about your why I think wasn't it and, and what you're actually yeah, trying to so- get to
1: yeah, I mean it's important to have a goal to to motivate you, but it's actually what you were saying there is building those systems and those habits in place because um with with goals they they are, you know, low hanging fruit, but with goals they have to be look challenging enough to to make it doable otherwise you're going to lose your interest, but not too challenging that it's impossible because again, you're going to lose interest. But then, unfortunately, there's that middle ground when you're sort of getting it a bit and then you're further away from where the thing you didn't want, but you're not quite at the thing you do. And that's when you can get that sort of plateau and that apathy towards it. So it's really to enjoy what you're doing and why you're doing it. So what you've just said there, Beth, is about bringing that awareness that what is 10 minutes? We, we don't think we have enough time for that, but we could mindlessly scroll on Instagram and lose more than 10 minutes without even a blink of an eyelid um so it's if you want to you know catch up and, and sometimes that's a pastime as well to have a bit of humor it's not about always being um regimented on everything um if you're walking in a park and it's safe to do so then you probably could scroll a little bit whilst you're walking i wouldn't say do that all the time because it's really important Important to be looking at nature giving your eyes a rest because that's the other point with regards to this seated uh, and sitting all day we're looking at screens all the time so in actual fact that stress level is exacerbated not just because of the work content but the strain that we're putting on our eyes and and obviously the, the the brain itself so when we do get out like you said early morning as well is really good it can help set the circadian rhythm It can also help with your clarity, focus and that alertness when you're going into work. Um, It's really important to get light into the eyes early in the day. So before, like not literally blind yourself and it doesn't have to be sunlight, just light itself. But that's really important to set all of those positive um, benefits in in the brain. Um, And those things will obviously then help you towards the goals that you actually want to achieve
0: you really that's really tickled me really said about looking at your phone when you're walking so one of my walk last night i don't it was only about it's about a mile loop this one so it's about 20 minutes and i was adamant i was going to book some time in to meet up with my friends so you can't, booking timing with people with dogs and kids you know puppies and all that it was an absolute. it took the whole walk but the bit that really tickled me was what you said about if it's safe to walk it'd been raining so there was about 250 snails on my route so I killed at least 30 snails because I wasn't looking where I was going I got caught up in all of that sticky sticky weed stuff and I trod in dog poo because I was trying to look at my phone and walk all at the no same time so do do these things um, at your own. At your own
1: you. yeah you have to be safe especially if you're going um and crossing any roads and and you do see that all the time that unfortunately Unfortunately, um, I've heard that phones are almost yeah. like our pacifiers yeah. and our dummies. And, you know, you can be not paying attention and you could be stepping out into the road. So it is really important that, you know, if you are going to be looking at the phone, that you're doing it in a safe place. But not all of the walk. And, and I'm the same. I will look at stuff because sometimes that's that opportunity to send messages to clients and do things or voice notes yeah. that I'm needing to do. And I'm being proactive of, of you know, um d- doubling my workload in 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 getting a walk done and the work but at the same time I'm mindful to myself as well like no the phone away now now you actually need to just look at the trees and the, the birds and listen and just yeah be present cat would cat would concur yeah, cat say, just
2: just just following on from that bringing it back to the positives of being outside you're also getting a nice uh, hit of vitamin d which we know yeah. is good for our health um, and our um, energy levels, and you know, there's there's plenty of research out there, you know, supporting the notion that you know when we're outside, we're often in a better mood. Um, you know, walking, exercising, we've had the link between um, endorphins, hormones um, being released. Um, and that does energize us and does put us in um, better moods so there certainly are lots of connections between sort of movement exercise um, and and mental well-being and just to follow on and touch on the the goal setting I think this is something that's that's really important and exactly as Natasha said it it needs to be achievable um, but one that will sort of stretch you and I think um, you know it it's got to be realistic as well. It's got to be a goal that you want to achieve. So you've got to want to do it. Um, and I think to help you stick to a goal, um, tell other people, tell people what you're doing. That certainly do, gives a degree of uh, accountability. Um, maybe get other people to join you. You know, add that fun uh, social element uh, to it. Um, Celebrate some successes along the way, you know, have little milestones on route and, you know, really make sure you do celebrate that success when you do achieve that goal or something that you um, that you set out to do.
0: That's I love that. And and the goal has to be for you, not not for someone else or not for something else. I think as well, that achievable bit is if it's aesthetic i just think it's not necessarily you're never going to be happy necessarily because you're kind of setting yourself like a vision of what you want to look like where it should be what do i want to achieve is health fitness i don't want my back to be aching i want to feel more alert i want you know what what are your goals and um, and try and think a little bit more inwardly about the health benefits and the emotional benefits and the concentration benefits rather than just thinking I need to lose weight or I need to do that because it's it takes away the idea of I you know I think people don't when they think of being healthy they just think of eating kale and running marathons and actually being healthy is a mindset a concentration a mood it's your relationships and there's so many other things to it Um, and so that's a real bugbear of mine when people go I really need I need to get healthy well what does healthy look like it's really personal and also your successes are going to be different and if you put your successes of health uh compare them to someone else's you're all going to be on different platforms and you're always going to be eternally disappointed and probably not achieve your goal because it's not personal to you as well um we've been talking quite a lot about movement exercise we know you know we know sitting's really bad we know exercise is really good. My microphone just made a really loud noise because I was getting so energetic. Um, you know, movement's really important. Sitting all the time isn't great. We know that, we know that your risk of illness can actually, you know, can be reduced, you know, and your, your risk, risk of illness, um, you can lower your risk, basically, of early death. By about 30 percent there's strong scientific evidence that being physically active can you know improve your health and make you lead a happy and healthy life and we've seen from what you've been talking about you know movement is good movement is really effective for us movement early in the mornings getting out and about getting that light stopping our eyes from staring at screens not being able to walk your dog through when you're walking along all those positive things but you know, we know that there's the government guidelines of 150 minutes a week. I mean, these are guidelines. I suppose it's just saying that that's the minimum or, you know, we have talked about just doing that, that amount of 150, but what would you recommend? What is right for people to be doing when it comes, you know, you've got the red guidelines, then we've just said about have personal goals and blah, blah, blah. Like, what would you suggest? And recommend and how when you you know think about what is recommended how do people even get started I suppose they're two different questions but wrapped up into the same idea of what have I got what should I be doing and how should I get to doing it.
2: I've talked a lot about what's relevant to you so 150 minutes to to, to some people might be uh, very doable very achievable but if someone isn't actually doing sort of anything or very little at the moment 150 minutes might actually Actually, seem um, quite a mountain to climb, and actually completely unachievable. So it, it's breaking it down. And if you're currently not even doing anything or very little, why don't you start out by just adding some walking into your uh, your daily routine? You know. Whereas at the other end of the spectrum, if people are um, already doing the sort of 150. Um, or more, and they maybe are just feeling maybe a little bit bored or stale. It's about maybe what else can they add in, how can they challenge, how can they push themselves. So is it about um, doing a bit more? Is it about um, picking up a new sport or a new movement um is it about adding some intensity in so working a bit harder you know stressing the, the heart and lungs a bit more is it about adding in lifting some weights which uh, i know um, natasha is very passionate about and a big fan of um, so i think you've got to think about what's what's right for you uh, the the individual um and then don't try and do too much too soon, because that's where it all falls down and you don't stick to a habit. So start small. So, you know, is it about just doing something two or three times a week to start with? It's not about saying, I'm gonna do something every single day, because that can be quite overwhelming. And I think something is better than nothing. And it's very much um, a a baby steps uh, approach and, you know, celebrate what you've done build that into a routine, let it become habit, and then you can build and progress on that.
1: Yeah, um, it's so true that you'll often find when um, it's the new year or new month or new week, people set themselves new targets, new goals. But they there's a saying that they always underestimate what they can do long term and massively overestimate what they can do short term. So it's like, well, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. But how many times do you actually go right now? And you have to think about it from a perspective of what could you actually do on your worst week? when everything isn't going your way, what is the minimum that you could commit to no matter what? That's a more realistic goal, but it's also, um, as as Kat said, building it up slowly. So just like um, we wouldn't go into a gym and try to start lifting a huge heavy weight, well, ego is there and men try to do that badly sometimes um and, and risk injury but it's you want to do it slowly over time so that you're building those neural networks those habits uh for for you to make it easier and then to add little bits um on on each time so if you was to start saying right okay i'm going to start with a 10 minute walk and you do that for a week, how many days that you say you're gonna do that, then next week it's 11 minutes or 12 minutes. It's doable because that little bit more hasn't overwhelmed you as Kat said, um, it's achievable and then before you know it, six weeks in, you know, you're up to 16 minutes or whatever increments that you want to make. But when the guidelines uh, are stated about 150 minutes, that's 30 minutes of medium intensity exercise, There is also the other element of two strength based, resistance based workouts per week um, that's recommended on top of that, as well as your 10,000 steps. So that can seem a huge amount, but they've got to cover all angles. But with regards to resistance training, strength training, that that covers anything that means lifting something that's your body weight that could be gardening that could be you know DIY if you're knocking down stuff you are using your muscles and it's really important for all of us to be using our muscles there's so many benefits for it one obviously when we get into those twilight years we do want to be able to move our body as much independently as we can and not rely on others and we lose muscle mass every decade unfortunately certainly past the age of of 30 uh, we are starting to to lose it and uh, there's there's percentages we're not going to go into that um, so it's important to maintain the muscle you already have, and try to build more muscle. That, as I said, is going to help you with your posture. It's going to help you with that movement. Um, it's going to help you in your, as they say, twilight years. But also, it's going to allow you to eat more. <laughs> if you have more muscle, muscle is hungry. Um, so, from a point of view, if you like your food. By going to the gym or doing something where you're using your muscles, um, you are going to increase your basal metabolic rate, which is going to allow you and afford you some more calories. Um, It's important to use all of the muscle groups. And this is why they sound like twice a week. So you would potentially I mean, a lot of people would do more than that. But if you was just to start, then you would maybe do two full bodies uh, movements of different exercises. And then if you was to increase, you could then split out. But you're always looking for compound movements. So something that's moving more than one muscle group at a time, because there's certain movements, if you think about it, that we do every day. And I often find in the gym, you mentioned the word deadlift and and, and people freak out, especially women, <laughs> um, if they've never lifted any weights Uh but actual fact, a deadlift is basically just picking something up off the floor. And for us to do that correctly, uh, to not injure ourselves, we should all be able to do that. And we should all be able to lift a reasonable amount in kg, if you think about it, if you wanted to move furniture. So it's important to As we were talking about, if you're sitting all the time, you are going to have underactive glutes. You are not going to end up using those if you were to then do a deadlift or pick up any furniture and then you're more likely to put your back out. So by incorporating those strength exercises, you're using all of those different muscles, not just the main muscle groups, but those assisting um, to give you a nice rounded package as long as uh, along with obviously the cardiovascular, like Kat said, which is really important as well. Uh, for our heart and lungs, and obviously, as you said, Beth, for for our mind as well, it's really important. All of these things are positive um, in uh, what they give us: those endorphins and that serotonin. Hundred percent.
0: I mean, I'm a com- I'm converted, and I have taken away the, a lot of the things that you've said. So I'm trying to just get the sort of summary in my mind of what we've we've spoken about in terms of we don't sitting is not what we want to be doing ideally but most of us are so we need to try and think of little ways that we can counter that throughout the day so that would be if you can stand for a meeting if you can walk during a meeting um um you mentioned at the beginning about um you know commuting so thinking about where you, if you have to commute if you're going to commute think about how you commute and sort of it, just adding little little bits and bits and none of these things need to be massive overhauls just adding in consciously what you can be doing when you're at your desk consciously when you when you if you're in the office maybe you well, the more subtle squats at the, <laughs> when you're getting your drink but you'll move more in the office anyway you move to get there you move around the toilets further away the canteens further away all of those things generally i think you tend to move more when you're in in an office environment now um but then if you're at home and you like what well, i've been doing when you make your coffee or your tea and your little lunch break make sure you stand when you do it make sure you squat just just little tiny things we can just do to get ourselves moving if you can invest in a sit to stand desk and like i say i don't have One, but I do stand if I can if I'm not typing on call. So we've got those little bits. Then obviously we've spoke a bit about exercise and the important of exercise, importance of exercise, but it isn't the only thing that's going to counter the sedentary lifestyle. But it needs to be an important part of the factor, important part to factor in because. A lot of the negative side effects from sitting all the time are those weakened muscles. So if you're not getting an an exercising and strengthening them, that's when there can be even more longer term pain issues as you get older issues. Just, you know, you're not feeling in as able to do things. So we do need to exercise, but don't just go from zero to hero. We need to be great, gradually introducing it, thinking about, you know, all over body um, stuff as well. And it's not just about hit your 150 minutes because the government said it's not just about do those two weight exercises. Think about what's right for you and to motivate yourself and get you into that habit. You know, you say don't just jump into it. Do all of these massive changes because they're not going to be sustainable. You're going to feel exhausted. Um, You're going to ache. You're going to overcompensate in other areas. So just set yourself some personal, like personal to you intrinsic goals achievable goals like what you were saying about cat and and also natasha when you were talking about um you know what's the purpose think about the times you're doing of doing these things because as you mentioned about getting outside is really good and the benefits of of even just exercising and walking outside so i think that's that's kind of the summary of everything that we've been saying but have you got some top tips just some top tips onto i mean i've given loads there but top tips that you would say to people you know as we leave this podcast um we've talked a lot you know we've we've kind of called this in our minds haven't we sitting is the new smoking so what can we be doing to kind of counter the fact that we are less active nowadays and top tips for us as individuals natasha did you want to go first
1: Fidget, <laughs> fidget more. <laughs> Interestingly, as a as a when you're at school, uh, you know you'd be told to sit still, or, or by adults you're told to sit still. And I, I noticed that my son is a real fidgeter um in actual fact fidgeting burns calories so um, be expressive you know when you're talking use your your limbs as you said moving around more um fidgeting more just in general uh, that's going to add up uh, throughout a day um without you even realizing the other thing is as well um with regards to to, to movement it is those small steps but just being mindful all the time so when you you're going to quickly forget, but you might be in a queue, then you could be hopping from not hopping literally, but moving from side to side. It's just bring that awareness. I think it's awareness to your daily uh, life as as much as you can. And I think what happens is, as I said, we, whilst we want to build lots of good habits, we tend to uh, run on other habits that then will have us go into a more sedentary uh, position um and that is because the body again is either fatigued and wants to find that homeostasis so it's just always challenging it and little things like um whenever you're doing anything that is automatic like brushing your teeth have a go at trying to do it with the other hand when you're putting on your trousers or your your socks or your shoes try to do the opposite one and there's i've done um a video uh, it's called old person's test on instagram so it's where you <laughs> where you stand uh, with your shoes and socks off and you you literally do go and put one sock one shoe on do it all up without obviously putting your uh, foot on the floor and then once it's fully done up change switch legs without falling over um so there's a little challenge that that people could have a go at doing um and Guess just by put in, <laughs> hmm. putting the name old people old person's test um As soon as I'd videoed it, uh, both my son and my husband are like, I'm going to have a go at that. Um, So gamifying things actually is going to have you go and do it. Um, So those are some of my tips. Oh, I'm definitely the fan of the uh,
2: cleaning the teeth on one leg. I think that's brilliant because um, that's so good for, um, you know, stability, balance. Um, and we didn't sort of touch on that. And of course, that's another benefit of sort of uh, movement and exercise. You know, it's all about our healthy joints and and, and strong bones and better circulation. And, you know, we, we are all getting older. And um, we don't generally look to enhance and improve our motor skills, you know, like the stability, balance and coordination. So um, that can certainly be done with it, with the brushing the teeth on on one leg. But I suppose in terms of coming back to um, a top tip, I'd say my one thing is change something today, do one thing. Um, And we often look for reasons why we shouldn't do something. So let's just change one thing today. Let's make that habit, make that routine, and then look and see what else you can change and build into your lifestyle.
0: I feel like that's a beautiful, beautiful wrap up and ending. Thank you so much for for your time guys. And I hope that everybody's found that really valuable. Like I said, I took so many different things away that I was after mulling over what I wanted to achieve and do and um, yeah, I mean, obviously I got struck by the horrific illnesses and it, it makes it makes you have to rethink about how you're going to approach stuff because it's just not going to be sustainable um, but thank you so much for such brilliant insight i really really appreciate your time guys especially making you come back to do it for a second uh second one our next podcast is uh will be coming out in june and that will be on toxic masculinity so hopefully you'll be able to join us for that one but thank you so much for your time kat and natasha